Hey listeners, quick question. Are you tired of overpaying for your mobile plan? I've got the answer. Ting Mobile. Ting Mobile is all about flexibility and savings. You only pay for what you use, no crazy fees or overages. It's perfect for those who want control over their phone bill without s- sacrificing quality. Say goodbye to bloated phone bills. Go to foxcitiesmm.com slash ting. Ting Mobile. Mobile that makes sense. You're listening to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, your bi-weekly dose of true crime history in a small rural community of Wisconsin. Hey everybody, welcome back to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. I'm Eric Waltergens. I'm Gavin Schmidt. And Gavin, I got nothing clever to say, so start us off with what we're talking about today. All right, cool. So we're going to go to Kakana. <laughs> we do seem to spend a lot of time in Kakana. Yeah, there's a lot of Kakana stories on this uh, on this podcast. So sorry for everybody. Is, is that because that's where all the murders happen, or is that just because no, that's where most of your research has been? That's focused? where most of my research has been focused. I don't have any reason to believe that there's more murders there, but maybe I don't know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're going to go to Kakona in 1943. Well, okay. Do you remember 43? Do I remember 43? Yeah. No, I really I don't, don't. either. <laughs> I don't either. Okay, so we've got a married couple here. We got John Lingle, who is a former stunt car driver and current paper mill employee, and his wife Hilda. Uh, they're a relatively young couple. Uh, John is 28. His wife is 27. Hilda's working in the kitchen. You know, like you do, just making some lunches for John to take to work and enjoy his day at work eating some lunches. And all of a sudden, a shot comes in from another room and hits Hilda in the back of the neck and comes right out the front of her and she falls down dead. Wow. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Just like that. You have a lot, lot of long, suspenseful pauses. I'm trying to make story. this more exciting than it is. Uh, so, you know, John, of course, he's now got a dead wife in the kitchen. That's usually a bad thing. So he does what anyone would do, and he calls the doctor. Okay, so he was home at this he point. Was home. point. He was home. He was home. Okay. He calls the doctor, um, and the doctor is Dr. Bakuber. So uh, most people are going to have no clue who that is. But if you're from Kakana, you might know Dr. Bakuber um, because that's a name that people know. He's, I mean, he's long gone now, of course. But I would hope. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't hope so. I, I just think so. <laughs> All right. He arrives. He takes a look. And he's like, yeah, this lady's pretty dead. Um, she got shot in the neck. Like her whole neck is shot. <laughs> like it's, it's, <laughs> That's not good. And he asks, what, what the heck happened? And so John's like, well, it's like this. So I, ha- I had a rifle, and I gave it to my daughter, and I told my daughter to take it upstairs, and uh, she must have pulled the trigger while she was bringing it upstairs and, and shot and shot her mom. And the doctor's like, well, how, how old is your daughter? And he's like, four. And so- he's like, probably should not be giving loaded guns to four-year-olds. <laughs> Is this for real? Yeah. So this is actually what happened. This is actually what happened. Okay, so how does this play out then? I'm curious because does the husband get charged with murder for... Yeah, so, okay, so the doctor's like, well, whatever the case happened, like, we we gotta report this. I can't just 
I can't just bring her, you know, to the funeral home. So he calls up the police and the police arrive. Uh, so Chief McFadden and his assistant show up. Um, they also look at the body and determine, yep, she's dead. So that's no good. They ask him, how did it happen? He again tells this story. Um, and they say, well, okay, that's fine. Um, but they're kind of suspicious. So they call in the four-year-old. And the four-year-old is like, yep. And she tells the same story. She's like, that's what I did. And they're like, okay. Well, so at this point, seems like an open and shut case. But then the assistant to the chief notices a bullet hole in the wall in the other room, not the kitchen, but the other room. And he's like, how many shots were fired? And John's like, well, one, the one that the one that hit her, just the one shot. He's like, well, because we got two bullets here. We got one in your wife and we got one in the wall over here. Uh, do you know anything about this bullet in the wall? And John's like, oh, yeah, that was an accident. Like from a month ago, it's like we have a real we have a real problem around here of accidentally shooting guns up uh, yeah. in the house. That was the last time I gave my four year old a gun, yeah. a loaded gun, and she shot it over there that time. Right. So like, the police are like, "Okay, well, this is not a safe safe home, but I guess that could happen." Well, then his other child comes in the room. This seven year old Dicky, his name's Richard, but they call him Dicky. He comes in. And he sees his mom. He's very upset about this. And for whatever reason, he spontaneously tells the police, Hey, guys, you know, last week I saw my dad making out with my mom's sister. And the cops are like, really? (laughs) Really? And Dickie's like, yeah, it was my Aunt Letty. It was it was wild, man. Now, you didn't really say it was wild. I mean, he's a a seven-year-old kid. But he's like, yeah, it was really weird. So now the police are like, okay, okay, there's something fishy here. <laughs> like there's multiple bullet holes. There's a story of this guy kissing his wife's sister. I don't think we have the whole story here. So they take him in. They take the father in. They bring him down to the police station. The police question him. The district attorney questions him. They bring in two other guys who are very persuasive, and they sit down and they talk to him. And they question him for 26 hours straight. And at the end of the 26 hours, he's like, okay, guys, I'm sick of this questioning. I'll tell you this, the truth. I'll tell you the story. And they're like, thank you. Okay, so, yeah, for the last few months, I've been banging my wife's sister. Every chance we get, we're out there banging in the barn, uh, in the playground, uh in the attic, I mean, anywhere you can imagine, we're banging like crazy. He doesn't use the word banging, but you know. But he he says this. He says we're we're pretty hot and heavy. And then he goes, yeah. And last week, my son walked in when I was kissing her, and he shouldn't have seen that, but he saw that. I guess at that point, I realized I was going to be found out sooner or later, so I had to do something about it. I was going to run away with my wife's sister and leave the state, and we were going to start a new life. And I should I should point out at this point, his wife's sister is 18 years old. So she's fresh out of high school. Wow. Yeah. So uh, they got this plan. Well, he comes up with this brilliant idea. He goes, wait, better than just running away. What if I get my wife out of the picture? So he goes and he gets his, he gets his rifle and his wife is making lunch and he shoots his wife from another room and hits her in the neck. This is what really happened now. Right. And then he's like, 
okay, how do I cover my butt here? So he calls in his daughter and he tells her, doesn't let her see the body in the other room, but he tells her, he's like, okay, I want you to bring this gun upstairs, but whatever you do, don't pull this trigger. And then he shows her how not to pull the trigger. And being a four-year-old, she pulls the trigger. And this now shoots out a bullet that goes in the wall. Okay. So now when the police arrive and they question the daughter, she thinks that when she pulled that trigger, she killed her mom. So she's she's going to back up her dad's BS story because she doesn't know about the first shot. So she thinks her shot that she was not supposed to do killed her own mother. So he actually did a pretty good job here covering this up. I feel like this was a a major, major gamble, though. Oh, totally. First of all, how did the daughter not hear the first shot? I don't know. And what if she had never pulled the trigger? I guess, I guess she just, you just make the daughter think she pulled the trigger. I don't know. I mean, she's four years old. You can probably tell her just about anything. Yeah, I suppose if you just like, you have to say this to her. She's probably just going to go along with it. Yeah, not really fully understanding what she's doing. Yeah. So apparently in the 1940s, justice was very quick because he now admits to it. They bring him to court and he pleads guilty because, I mean, what else can he do at this point? He just told them everything. That's a Tuesday. Later that week, he goes to trial because he already pled guilty. They don't even do the full trial. They just do the short version. The judge sentences him to life in prison. So within one week, he's arrested, goes to trial and goes to prison. It's no so point. fast. The same day they're driving him to Wapan to the prison is his wife's funeral. That's how fast. Wow. This is this is the most incredible legal system we yes. ever heard of to date. <laughs> yes. I mean, right now we've got people in the Fox Cities who were arrested over a year ago and they still haven't gone to trial yet. So d- different times in the 1940s. You could you could end up in prison in the same week. Is this because I'm assuming you've looked at plenty of FBI files or whatever kind of files yeah. for mur- murders in this time frame? Mm-hmm. Is this a common turnaround or was this ridiculously? Fast? I think this is ridiculously fast, but it, it helps that he pleads guilty, guilty when almost nobody ever does. Yeah, so. especially when you're looking at mafia members because they, yeah. they never plead. Guilty but most of the time you don't. I mean, so this is a little bit of an aside here, but in in Wisconsin. I assume if people are listening to this, they know. But if you don't know, um, Wisconsin doesn't have the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, the maximum you can get is life in prison. And pretty much it's standard. If you kill somebody, you get life in prison. It's like you either get life or you go free. There's not really a lot of in-between in, in killing people most of the time. And is that still the same to this day? Generally speaking, it's pretty much you either get life in prison with parole or without parole. That's about the difference. Okay. So really, even if you did it, and everybody knows you did it, you may as well plead not guilty. Just because? Because it's like one way or another, you either plead guilty and you go to prison for life, or you plead not guilty, and the worst case scenario is you go to prison for life. (laughs) You, You absolutely lose nothing by trying to escape, you know, uh, escape justice. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if if the choice is either life in prison or maybe life in prison, I mean, the maybe is the better choice. But then again, if, if you're almost guaranteed to get life in prison without parole, if you plead guilty or if if you 
Yeah, if you work out a deal that you can get parole, then yeah, because par- parole is a pretty attractive thing. Like, it you sure would could much be. rather have parole than not have parole. Well, absolutely, because yeah, again, this being the 1940s, I I know cases where guys got life in prison and they were paroled after like 12 years. Yeah. You know, 12 years in prison is still pretty crappy, but that's a lot better than life. life. Yeah. If you could bargain, if you could say, I'll plead guilty if you give me the option of parole, then yeah, that would be a good deal. I don't know. But anyway, in this case, he goes to prison. And he is in prison for, okay, he go, he's going to prison in 1943. How long do you think he's in prison for? Ten years. No. Because, well, was he able to get parole or? No. He, okay. So, well, what was he, 30? You said? Yeah, he is 34. Like 55 years. Okay, good guess. Six years. Six years? Yeah. What? That was a trick question. (laughs) Because uh, a couple years later, six years later, there's a fire that breaks out in the prison, and he ends up dying in the fire. So Bummer. Yeah, bummer. So so he dies after six years in prison from from a fire. I mean, for the most part, that was an unusual story, but... I mean, not much to it, right? No, there isn't a whole lot going on. But uh, there's one one little final piece in case anyone is curious. You're curious for a final piece? I am definitely curious for a final piece. Okay. In case you were wondering. So he's in prison. His wife is dead. There's another person here. Yes, the, the, the sister. sister. Well, so shortly after the murder, she does what any good sister would do. And she gets the heck out of Wisconsin. <laughs> she she moves away. She goes down to Illinois. Um, she actually goes to college. She gets a teaching degree. She ends up meeting a guy. Um, they get married. And they were married for 69 years. Oh. So, you know, when you first meet her, you're like, oh, this is some crazy 18-year-old who's cheating with her sister's husband. Like, that's crazy. But apparently, that was just, you know... She's, she she's, was, she's she, 18. She's probably young and doing silly things. And she was able to walk away from it and go on and have a normal life, which yep. I guess is a good thing, right? Yep. I mean. she, went, she went on. She was married for 69 years, which is a very long time. Uh, she was successful, had a family. And then here's uh, an, the interesting final piece. It's not really that interesting, but it struck me as interesting. Uh, do you know when she passed away? Do I know when she passed away? Um, well, I mean, she was 18, 69 years, uh, 82. That's like, that's the age I'm saying. Okay. Oh, yeah. she was 82 years old? Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. I don't have that answer. No. But you're saying what year? Yes. 84. No, it's better than that. I don't know what that means. Better than that. She like, passed what? away peacefully at home on October 24th. 2021 so literally like has this story not been told because she was alive and now this is the first time you're telling this story total coincidence total coincidence i was gonna do this story either way but when i started doing the research it came up and for those the the people aren't going to hear this for a while but on the day we're recording this she's not even been dead a month yep that's crazy so so I, yeah. I would love to hear her side of the. I would this, too. To I would. A, I would love to, but she was never called into into court or anything, so I have no idea what her version of the story is. And I'm really curious about. I get it. He confessed, but I just can't believe they didn't. There was nothing like. So I mean, literally his Kate, his uh, 
court date must have just been them standing up in front of a judge saying, okay, you're pleading guilty. We're sentencing you to life in prison. Done. Get them out of here. Take them to Wapan. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, more or less. Back then, it was they did it differently than they do now a little bit in that you first went to the municipal judge and then the municipal judge would send you to the county judge. We don't do the municipal part anymore. But yeah, it was pretty much as simple as that. As soon as they got him to confess, they took him to the municipal judge. The municipal judge is like, okay, I'll set a trial date for you. The trial date was like three days later. And And then that judge is like, okay, we're going to sentence you. So yeah, it was ridiculously fast. That is crazy. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was, because, you know, I'm a curious person and I'm like, I wonder whatever happened to the sister. So I look and like, oh, well, I guess it had we done this story a couple of months ago, (laughs) she still would have been around. We could have had her on for an interview. (laughs) Yeah. But I would love to know. And I would, I would, uh, and I don't know if, you know, I shouldn't say I would love to ask them because maybe this is really weird. But I mean, she does have kids. I'm curious if they know this story. Yeah. Or, for that matter, does her husband know that right, story? Right, right. You know, just because, I mean... Because I don't know, because she moved to Illinois, and I don't know if that meant, you know, her family wasn't very happy with her anymore, which wouldn't surprise, surprise me. me. Yeah, like, if she just cut to all ties with her family, and yeah. that, that just kind of buried this story with her moving yeah. to Illinois. I'm curious, and I don't say that to, like, speak ill of her. I'm not blaming her, but it's just, it's a, it's quite a story, and it'd be interesting to know... You know what? How that affected her, and so. what she would, what she thought of, like yeah. because we don't know. Was this discussed between them, between the guy? I, and I don't her? know, right? Because yeah, his his plan is or, yeah, we're moving, we're moving away. I don't know if that's was her plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's like thirty four or whatever, and she's eighteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know the situation, but usually, um, the eighteen year old doesn't really. Yeah, have a strong opinion. opinion on things or, you know, <laughs> the 18 year old is probably sitting there saying, okay, that sounds good to me because yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So. They're, they're easily influenced. So yeah. But anyway, well, uh, I think that so was the our- moral of the story is, yeah, don't, don't uh, sleep with your spouse's sibling. Yeah. And try B- to big no, no. If you do discourage the guy from shooting your, your sister. Yeah. Or, other sibling. Yeah, but really just don't do it in the first yeah. place. Yeah, let's just go with don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, it's a very simple story, but it, I thought it had some interesting twists in there. I think, yeah, I think it was a very good story and just another one of those stories that to put on the bucket list of, wow, that happened right around here. So Yes. Oh, actually, uh, thank you. Thank you for saying that because it happened at 205 West 7th Street. In Kakana, which is still there. So if somebody lives at 205 West 7th Street, you're living in the murder house. I actually, it's funny because I believe my uncle owns a duplex on 7th Street. I think it's 7th Street. So I'm going to have to actually look up this address to see where it is because wouldn't it be funny? It's still there and it's a weird looking house. Is it? It looks like the letter H. It's a weird looking house. Okay, then it's not my my uncle's duplex, but... But that's cool. We're going to have to look it up after this episode. Okay. So I guess I don't have any questions or... No, I'd say that was a pretty know. straightforward story there. But it's a good one. Kakana's always delivering on the, oh, on yeah. the good stories. Oh, we're not so. even done with Kakana yeah. stories. Yeah. I figured we weren't. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, 
You don't have anything else? No, that was All it right. for that. Well, we'll wrap, we'll wrap this episode back up, and we'll be back in two weeks with another one. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a fee- review on your favorite podcast player. Otherwise, we'll see you in two weeks. Thank All you very right. much. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. Join us in two weeks for another exciting episode of Murder and Mayhem.